Yes, sir. It's that time again. Believe sports, business, sports, media, and also heard on pod clips around the world. I'm Fred. You can always email us, sportsfred at AOL.com, sportsfred at AOL.com. Art Sars is off today. He's celebrating his 126th birthday uh, out of the country. He'll be back next week. Uh, but my cousin, uh, Lisa Sotis, uh, is with us. And let me tell you a little bit about Lisa. She's got four kids, four women, four girls, one of whom is like 15, six feet, one inch tall. And people are looking at her as a uh, top-notch recruit in a couple years going on to college. I discovered that Lisa is very much into women's sports. And without further ado, Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So how long have you been involved in your heart and your mind in maybe the unfairness to women's sports or just women's sports, period? How long have you been involved with that? You know, it's probably um, really more passionately the last few years as my 15-year-old has, you know, gotten to a higher level of playing, more competitive. My uh, One of my stepdaughters did play in high school and in college. And I was kind of aware of it, but I didn't, it wasn't as much in my face, I guess. And so but she wasn't, I think, as passionate about it. She was really tall, so it was just kind of all came kind of easy for her, but she didn't care as much as my younger, you know, my current 15-year-old does. And uh, and she's just very, um, she's just really out there and really passionate. And she's constantly kind of bringing this all, you know, to my um, top of mind. She just talks about how much men make and how little women make and that crazy discrepancy. And so it made me pay more attention. And the more I dig in, <laughs> the more crazy making it is. <laughs> but men draw more people on TV and men draw more people in the stadiums or arenas. So how do you resolve that in your head? Well, I, I, that's true. And that's why women aren't paid as much, right? But it's the whys behind that. It's kind of like, you know, you see the surface, but the, digger, the deeper you dig, the more questions come up as to, you know, why is that? And we're sort of set up that way. And I think about how do we, how could we change it? That's kind of, I think we need to find solutions. And so, um, I mean, I, I just was reading about, I mean, the top female basketball players make such a tiny fraction in their entire careers, even like Sue Bird as she retires, when you look at it. And so, and they have to hustle. They have to hustle just to make, you know, to, to make decent money in a way. So I don't know. I think that we need to look at um, what can we do to help change that? Because women, the games that women play are just as exciting and can be just as, um, you know, can draw the same interest and, and do draw the same interest sometimes, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean you don't watch them. <laughs> you got to start watching them so you'll see what I mean. <laughs> oh, okay, but even in the men's game, people watch somebody who can slam duck over his head. And they might not watch somebody who can't, even if he's a fine player, as much. So after you see the, men's, the men play, if you're a basketball fan, women can play by the rules and make few mistakes but there are certain things they can't do. And I think we're built to focus on that. And I think that's a major problem. I don't know. I don't know how it can be resolved, to tell you the truth. But you're right about the numbers. 
let's say a women basketball player makes two hundred and fifty or three hundred thousand dollars a year, which is good money, but it's not comparable to thirty or forty million dollars a year. No, and they're not even making that. They're not even making that. They're capped at like two twenty one, two thirty, and if they're making more than that, it's everything they're doing on top of playing. It's it's you know. The, the marketing and lending their name and showing up at other things. They're not even making that much. And that, and, and yet these, some of these women are considered some of the greatest players of all time. And it's also interesting if you look at certain, you know, basketball versus tennis and then the, and why is that? And so I think it's, I think it's really worth looking at, but I was thinking about how do we change it? Wouldn't it be fun to have some, um, you know, men against women and see them with shooting because shooting, you know, three point shooting, you know, being six, seven and being five, nine, that's a big difference. So I think that could be fun. Wouldn't you want to watch that? Off the cuff, I would take Steph Curry over against anybody, but yeah. that's just me. That's just me. Right. I to, we're talking to my cousin, Elisa Sotis, about women's sports, uh, Today, right here on Believe Sports Business, Sports Media, also heard a pod clips. You mentioned Sue Bird. Here's a lady, played 21 years with Seattle Storm, played as well as you can play. Uh, uh, they lose in the semifinals this year, but certainly wasn't her fault. Can somebody replace, of course, somebody can replace her, but you followed a career, I'm sure most of her career. What do you think about Sue Bird? And, what she's going to do now, she's got, a, she's got a, a chance now to push women's sports and certainly push basketball on the women's side, does she not? She does, and I think she is. I think we're starting to see activism. I mean, I think the whole activism in sports is, is I mean, it's maybe always been there, but we're seeing it just as things change in the world. We're seeing that more and more, and I think she has passion around that, and I think we'll begin to see it. I think we need these women out there. Um, trying to make it better for everyone else. And so uh, I don't think she's going to leave the game or leave sports at all. <laughs> I think hopefully she's just beginning to do some off-the-court work or on the side, <laughs> on the side. I've seen, her, I've seen her do a couple commercials. She did one with Larry Bird you know, and, the, and uh, the thing a few months ago. Um, bottom line also, you talk about the financial side of it, the the uh, inequality of women's sports versus men. Brittany Griner goes to Russia because she said she needed the money. Um, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen there? I don't know. Was it been six months now? Seven months? Eight months now? And she's still behind bars. Well, what's the future in your mind? You know, um, I I think you know we'll get her back, but I think she's going to be changed. Right? You can't help but be changed. So I don't know how that will impact her basketball career. Uh, and I think that we hear, I'm hoping, a lot of us are hoping that that will sort of raise that discussion about the discrepancy in pay, because if there wasn't such a dramatic one, she probably wouldn't have been there to begin with. And so, um, and then Russia, I mean, you know, this is not new with Brittany Griner and, and players in Russia and having great opportunity there. So I think that's going to change, <laughs> that we, we probably need that to change. So hopefully we'll see some, you know, we'll see the that imbalance shift a little bit. I have a hunch that you travel more than I do. I haven't traveled in a few years, even before the COVID thing. But I used to go to Vegas. To me, that was a big flight. Yeah. I've flown to New York you know, hundreds of times. But the point is, I don't 
fly out of the country. I'm I'm wagering right here on Believe Sports Business Sports Media that my cousin Elisa does not take marijuana on a trip to a foreign country. Am I right about that presumption? You are right. And I live in Colorado, right, where it's uh, <laughs> been legal for a while. So, um, I have to, you know, <laughs> what was she think? What was she thinking? I mean, she clearly what either she wasn't or, you know, there's still talk about could it have been planted? I mean, I do think that, you know, she left in a hurry. Uh, I, I think maybe it definitely shows some lack of good judgment. I don't know if we assume, oh, it's so prevalent here. It's legal in so many places here that it wouldn't be a big deal. I mean, we are dealing with Russia. I mean, anytime you're dealing with a foreign country and you can't travel with it in the States, right? You can't travel. You don't bring that to an airport, even if you're traveling from Colorado to Washington State. So that, you know, we don't know. We, I don't know if we'll ever really know what happened there. Um, I believe they were kind of empty trace amounts. I don't know if it's illegal even to have just the equipment you would use. But it's really unfortunate that whether that was an oversight or what, it definitely uh, was bad judgment if she knew about it. And I, I've seen and heard some of what you've talked about. I mean, I do think that uh, we need to uh, be smarter in, in our decision making, whether you're a famous athlete or not. But really what she had, it's not a big deal here, but anything is a big deal there. And I'm, I'm a big better safe than sorry kind of person. <laughs> you always want to, you know, err on the side of caution. And clearly that didn't happen in this case, it sounds like. All right. Something that a lot of people have not discussed, but I think, I don't know if it's relevant or not. The gay thing. She's gay. Everybody mm -hmm. knows she's gay. Is there a chance she'd be back here faster, sooner, if that had not been the case, if she was, uh, you know, dating a famous movie star or something, a guy movie star? Is that a possibility, too? Well, you raise a great point. To me, a lot of these things are related. She's um, very tall. She's not the classic uh, small, feminine, beautiful woman that, you know, we live in a world <laughs> and that's kind of related to everything else we're talking about. Right. So I think you're right. I think it probably pay plays a role. She's black. She's gay. She's a lot of things that don't make life easier wherever you are. Right. In the U S as well as um, likely in Russia and even more so from what we hear and know. I think you're right. Talking to uh, my cousin, Elisa Sotis in uh, Denver, Colorado, on Believe Sports Business Sports Media, also heard on pod clips around the world. You mentioned Serena before, her career probably over, one of the great careers in the history of all sports, but certainly in tennis. I grew up with the Margaret Courts, and I grew up with the Billie Jean Kings, and I grew up with Chris Everett. Where does she rank in your mind? I think she is phenomenal. I think she's phenomenal. Um, she's a phenom phenomenal athlete and uh, obviously tennis player and woman. I mean, she's really, um, you know, as a lot of, it's interesting, a lot of female tennis players, right, have kind of stood strongly in their own feet and kind of been uh, strong personalities. So I think she's phenomenal. I think she's, it's very impressive and, um, you know, to have bare children and then show up that way. <laughs> As a woman, I get that, that is pretty miraculous. And uh, 
I think she's incredible. I mean, I think she can, uh, and she's, and she's uh, also been a woman who's made a lot of money in her sport and really shown that women can and owned it and not really, and, and never really, um, you know, step back from that powerful place that she's in, which I think is really incredible. I mentioned Margaret Court, Margaret Court and Serena not exactly getting along. <laughs> Margaret, of course, the arch conservative. Yep. And she's angry at a couple of things. Uh, talk about that, in your opinion. I think it's I think it's really interesting. I think that um, and we see this not just in sports, but a lot of areas. Right. If you go against kind of the flow of of I hate to say progression, but in a way it's true. And she, and Margaret Court is definitely someone who has. I think, and she doesn't really feel like she's gotten her um, due, I think, in this comparison, right? And I think it's unfortunate because I think that piece also speaks to this terrible stereotype around women who, that we don't really support each other, that we're not all like on the same team trying to lift and, you know, all ships. And that tension <laughs> sort of seems like there might be something there. And I think you're right. I think it's, the, her politics aren't, in fashion in a lot in certain areas right now and so she doesn't get it shouldn't impact her amazing ability as a, a tennis player and who and what she accomplished i think that uh it was pretty amazing but it's sad to see that sometimes our politics and the, the stands we take have an impact but we see that all the time right Alicia, you, let, let, let's uh switch subjects uh, my favorite quarterback in the National Football League for the past 10 to 15 years. The guy that I like watching more than anybody else is now playing for your Denver Broncos in Russell Wilson. On Monday night, he's sort of home in Seattle against the Seahawks. The Seahawks crowd is going to applaud for him at the beginning. They're not <laughs> going to be applauding if he's throwing four or five touchdown passes. Right. But but as a person of Denver, I guess you're a Bronco fan. So what do you think of the signing of Russ? They just gave him another, uh, talk about money, order of a billion dollars over five years. So he's got a seven-year deal, make him 40 years of age or something. But anyways, what do you think about the game Monday night? Seattle I think it's, it's going to be really exciting. I mean, I think, uh, you know, we need uh, some excitement here. <laughs> as a, you know for the broncos and he's going to be playing in seattle i mean that's going to be a kind of a, a i don't know how that plays at his heart where <laughs> you got to play for your team and we know he will but it's got to be a mixed uh, emotions i would think right playing in seattle there and uh i'm curious you live in la how do you feel about him moving to the broncos about who russell wilson how do you feel about that well i i think uh uh, I think Pete Carroll, my opinion, having known him at USC, eventually he becomes tough to live with. And my guess is if Seattle doesn't do better than they did last year, he's <laughs> going to be out after this year. You never forget that uh, when the Reggie Bush thing hit, where they found out that, oh, shock, USC was actually uh, paying for a, home, for a room, for, home, for uh, a house for Reggie's uh, mother and stepdad down in San Diego. And Reggie, of course, lost the Heisman over that. Uh, Pete Carroll ran out before the Trojans would get hit with the penalty. The Trojans got hit. Pete was in Seattle. And um, so my guess is if they don't do well this year, he's out. So my guess is Russell did the smart thing. Uh, he got away from Pete Carroll. 
because uh, he's tough to live with. I, I will tell you this. Um, the Broncos will score a lot of points this year. Um, you know, in a 17-game season, I got to figure they're going to win 11 or 12 games and should make the playoffs. So this should be an exciting season. Now, again, that's barring injury. Last year, of course, Russell missed, what, four or five, six games. So we've got to take that into consideration. How many wins do you think the uh, Broncos uh, will get with uh, Russell Wilson? Oh, <laughs> I hope it's a lot more than our losses. <laughs> well, it'll be, I think it'll be a lot more than losses. Before we go, since you're into the, the women's side of politics and this and that, I have a hunch you're also, well, I know where your politics are, so let's be blunt about this. And I don't know you that well. She's my cousin, but I don't know her that well. But the point is, I'm guessing she's a sodist, so she's to the left. What about minor league baseball players? finally getting to unionize any comments about that of course i do but i think that um, if that's what it's going to take to make a living wage then that's what it needs to take i think again that discrepancy i mean you know we live in america we live in a capitalist society i get it and while i support that i do think sometimes you know when we have these crazy extremes and then we have a lot of poverty that breaks my heart and i you see that in baseball too <laughs> so I think if we could bring them up to a decent wage where they don't have to, you know, find places to live for free, I think that would be good. <laughs> How old were you when you knew what side you were on politically? <laughs> well, actually, the truth is that when I was 18, I registered as a Republican. My mother oh, was not. I, I, well, it, we have to think about that was a lot of years ago, and the whole <laughs> Republican Party was very different then. My mother actually was a committee woman, so I grew up, both my parents were activists. My dad, you know, he's 102. <laughs> my dad is uh, in our family, the last man standing of that generation. And uh, he would march on Washington. So I think that we have to remember what it was to be a Republican then. I'm not, I, I know for sure, I remember changing that when I lived in, when I first moved to Denver, so I could uh, vote in the primaries. And I changed that. But um, and I would have considered myself a moderate for a long time, but I will say in re more recent years, that's become harder. <laughs> the middle has shifted, right? The middle has shifted, and we've had to shift with it. So, My mom was very political. Her, her mom was very political. So I will swear to you, by the age of six or seven, I knew where, where I was locked in. And this is not sports, but i got to bring this up. Fifty years ago, my uncle Eli... My great uncle Eli from New York, who's a businessman, came over my parents' house in Southern California. So I came over for dinner. And folks, this is not sports, so just hang in there for a moment. Within 10 minutes of the conversation, he said how much he hated Fred and Donald Trump. I swear to you on my life. 50 years ago, I knew what Donald Trump was because I didn't think my uncle was lying. He said, I can't even do business with these people. I don't even know how his name came up, uh, but I'm just telling you over dinner 50 years ago. So you have any comments about that in, in recent vintage and Donald Trump and all that? Well, first of all, I don't know if you know, but I think that guy is my grandfather. Yeah. That's my grandfather who I never met. I was named after him. So anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I'm a New Yorker, so we... I mean, I still, to be honest, I still have a hard time believing that ever happened. Like, I still scratch my head and think, I didn't just make that nightmare up, right? He really did 
was elected somehow president. So we, as a New Yorker, we knew, we knew the whole, you know, the image, the playboy, the philanderer, the uh, con man. I mean, all of that was just par for the course. So it was quite shocking. And of course, I live in Colorado now where that reputation, that, that persona isn't as widely known. So it was absolutely shocking and it did make me think my mom is not alive anymore I, and I can't even imagine how she could have lived through that she would you know she grew up in New York she grew up in New York City and uh, she would still be like wait is this a joke <laughs> is this really you know <laughs> so here we are here we are we're still talking about him and and that's really what he likes right to still be the center of attention so, yeah, and there's a lot, and you know, because the anti-Semitism is all documented too from the very beginning with his dad. All, all folks have to do is uh, read Niece Mary's book about what about what Elisa just said over the dinner table. Comments that both father and son made. If there's if there's any question about that, and uh, anyways, let's go back to sports for one moment before we go. Final score Monday night. Your Broncos up in Seattle. What's the final score? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, hmm. We're not. We're not going to harm you if you're wrong. So you. No, can I know. Make- um, I'll say twenty-seven seventeen. Broncos. They're a five-point favorite. Alisa, this has been fun. We'll do this again and uh, stay well. And please keep me abreast of. Uh, the 15-year-old is six feet one. I am most intrigued about that. I will. So good to see you here. Bye. Good to my, cousin, you. my cousin, Elisa. Thank you, Mario. Thank you, Elisa. And, of course, we'll see you around the corner right here on Believe Sports Business, Sports Media, also heard on podcasts. Bye, everybody. <laughs>